people in the Bible, it's all about Christ and what he does to fulfill the word and what he's doing to save us and bring us eternal life. Right. And, you know, everything Moses did, you can see that what he did when he went to the Lord to say, look, you know, even when the idols, you know, he comes down with the commandments and they're worshiping golden idols and he went back up to God and said, look, forgive them, you know, they, you know please forgive them, have pity on them. What, what he did was temporary and with Christ, it's eternal in terms of what he did to save us and free us from our sins. Yeah. So th I, th that's really where you transfer it. Yeah. yeah, you'll see the connection between Moses and Jesus is really solid. Now, again, Moses, like Jesus, interceded on behalf of his people. And we see this yeah. in Numbers 21, verse 7, where it says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses mm -hmm. prayed for the people. He yes. does this several times. Yeah. And of course, Jesus in John chapter 17, he prays for his followers. He even says, I don't pray for others. I pray for my followers and those who will believe upon them. In other words, he's, yeah. he's, he's basically saying he's praying for us too. And that's in John chapter 17. And that's a very powerful thing in verse 20 he says i do not pray for these alone that is to say his apostles but also for those who will believe in me through their word that's us yeah so we see both moses mm -hmm. and jesus are intercessors yes a uh, very important exactly. you know very important yeah. and uh, they're praying uh, for their people now the other thing we see of course very powerful is that moses will go up mount sinai to get the law yeah that's where he'll get the law yeah. And that's where he'll get the directions for the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. That's where he's going to get the instructions. And then it says he comes down. Mm -hmm. Now, if you turn to Matthew chapter 5, um, Jesus, don't forget, is going to be bringing in a new covenant. Right. Now, so he too, will, like Moses, will go up the hill, as, yeah. it, as, it, as it were. Mm -hmm. um, he goes up, see the multitudes. With the Sermon uh, on the Mount. Yeah. You're verse, referring to, yeah, Matthew two, 5, 17. Verse 1. Right. Look at that. Yeah. See, so it says, and see the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. Yes. So this would be called the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Whereas um, where, uh, Mo Moses was getting the law uh, from Mount Sinai. And then if you scroll in Matthew, when he comes down, it says in chapter 8, when he's finished, and it says, when he had come down from the mountain. So he goes up and he comes down. Mm -hmm. Moses goes up and gets the law and comes down. Yeah. But what's significant here is, is what Jesus is going to be talking about. Yeah. Because th here's the thing. If you turn to Jeremiah chapter 31, they knew a new covenant was coming. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah um, mm -hmm. 31 uh, through... 33, if somebody would read that. Go to first Yes, and verse 31. One. Oh, thank 31, you. 31. Uh -huh, okay. Thank you. And maybe 32 also. Okay. Behold, the day shall come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which by covenant they break, although I was... And husband unto them, saith the Lord. Okay, do you notice it says the days are coming, that means future, yeah. when I will make a new covenant. Now that's important mm -hmm. with the house of Israel, with the house, not according to the covenant that I had made with the fathers in the day I took them by the hand 
and led them out of Egypt. That's the covenant Moses establishes. That right. gets, there's a new covenant. But notice this new covenant, some of the attributes. Verse 33, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds, write it in their hearts. They shall be my people. No more every man shall teach his neighbor. In other words, they have an anointing. They shall know me. I will forgive their iniquity. Their sins I will remember no more. That's powerful covenant language. Yeah. In yeah. Ezekiel 36, he says this, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of uh, a heart of, of flesh rather than stone. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Do you notice something about this covenant? It's inward. Mm -hmm. This language, in your mind, in your heart, yeah. cleansed in the heart, sins forgiven. Much of the law was exterior. That's why when we come to Jesus, when we come to Matthew chapter 5, yeah. uh, we, we don't have time to go through it all, but Jesus says in verse 17, Matthew chapter 5, the famous Sermon on the Mount, do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill. Yeah. To fulfill. Um, then he says, look what he says in verse 20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will be no means entering. You have heard it said of old, that's Old Testament, the law from Mount Sinai, you shall not murder. Right, that's the sixth mm -hmm. commandment. Mm -hmm. And whoever murders will be in danger of judging. But I say... You see what he's doing here? Now, they know the law came from God through yeah. Moses. But he's he's like, I don't know what to use the word, trumping it. But he's like saying, yeah. he's elevating it. <clears throat> yeah. He's not negating the murder. But he says, but I say to you, he's, he's like writing the new law, if you mm -hmm. will. You know, mm -hmm. But I say, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause mm -hmm. shall be in danger of judgment. This is very powerful language. Yeah. He says, um, verse 27, you have heard... That it was said of those of all, you shall not commit adultery. That's a commandment, right? But I say, do you see what he's doing? He's saying, it, because both of these are exterior actions. If I murder some of you, if I commit adultery, it's exterior. But he's saying what? If you have it in your heart. See, understand the new covenant principle here? Any yes. thought on this? This is very I, powerful when you see this, what he's claiming here. Right. Well, you know, with the Sermon on the Mount, Jan, you know, the, the, just to connect Moses and Jesus, you know, uh, when you see that Moses uh, brought the law and brought it down, but when Jesus gave the beatitude, uh, Beatitudes, he's interpreting it for them, right? And he's giving, maybe you can talk a little bit about the Beatitudes, but he's basically helping them understand what this all means and how we're supposed to live, right? Right. I mean, what he's doing essentially, as I see it, and we, we don't have time to go through the whole, no, we don't. because yeah. it's three chapters yeah but he's he's a he's he's bringing in the new covenant right, right. Yeah. and we saw in jeremiah and in ezekiel the new covenant is tremendously inward mm -hmm. in your heart i'm going to put my leo i'm mm -hmm. in your mind you're going to put you're going to have an anointing all of this is inward so when he describes the law thou shalt not kill which right. was a commandment moses brought down from mount sinai jesus is saying but i say if you say in your heart you see it's inward now mm -hmm. and then he says like in verse 43 uh, 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 Matthew 5 you have heard it said you shall love your neighbor that's in Deuteronomy right. and hate your enemy but I say to you love your enemies mm -hmm. <laughs> do you see what he's doing here He's it, this is really tremendous because he, they knew God gave the law to Moses without a doubt but now he's saying but I say to you he's putting, yeah. him, he's putting him in place squarely <clears throat> as God 
speaking authoritatively mm -hmm. yeah. and ratcheting up, if you will, mm -hmm. the law, not just exterior, but inwardly. This is the story of the new covenant. Yep. This is the this is what's coming. And for him to do this is very, very powerful. And of course, we know that when Moses was up on the mount, he would be transfigured. That is to say, he had to put a veil in front of his face because yep. he spent so much time in the presence of God yeah. that um, he just illuminated. He just mm -hmm. he just came out of the presence of God and he was luminous, as you will. And we see a very similar thing happening uh, with Jesus in Matthew chapter 17. Yeah. Uh, if you look at that and, and uh, maybe if you wanted to read Wanda, well, or, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead, Wanda. chapter okay. 17, okay. 1 through 4. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up unto a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was as white as the light. And behold, there, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with them. Then answered, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here if thou wilt let us make here three tabernacles one for thee one for moses and one for elias thank you wanda mm -hmm. so we see this this mm -hmm. is tremendously uh profound yeah because just as moses went up on the mountain mm -hmm. and he was transfigured his face was transfigured jesus whole body is now luminous if you will it's radiant it's uh, it's like you're getting a glimpse yes. of the shekinah glory of god on right. this on this person of jesus and look who's up there with him, yeah. Moses and Elijah. Elijah yeah. Moses typifies the law. Mm -hmm. Elijah typifies the prophets. They're up there with them, right? Mm -hmm. But what, when the cloud overshadows, often the presence of God, especially in the Old Testament, was featured with a cloud we call the Shekinah glory. Mm -hmm. And out of it comes a voice and says, what? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Yeah. It doesn't say, hear Moses. Here, yes. Elijah. Yeah, we're supposed to study the but this is superior. This is a superior or completed revelation. Here, the Son. You understand? This is yeah. very, very powerful yeah. stuff going on here. And of course, I, this is a completion of the ministry. You know, how can this be? I, uh, how can how can there be? Um, I guess confusion on what the Bible's saying about the fact this is the Son of God. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to I'm trying to understand where that comes in. Um, you know, so it's, it's a good it's, question. Yeah, David. I mean, it's so clear here because without that, we don't have our faith, Jen. Wanda, we don't have it. You know, the book is meaningless, and I think what we've come up with the last few weeks is Jesus not only completes the book, but it tells the story of the fact that we sinned in the Garden of Eden, and from there, He was coming back for us. The, if you're not excited about that, I, I don't know what you're going to get excited about other you, than the bronze, but from there, yeah. you know, I, I mean, seriously, yeah. Yeah. What did you, you? You bring a good point, David. Yeah. I urge people to just look at the evidence. Mm -hmm. You know, just you know, just look at it. Could this yeah. be true? You know, it's amazing. What more God can do? What more right. can He do? Look, 
even if you're an unbeliever or a critic or a cynic, Jesus occupies the center place of our calendar. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. He is the center of all humanity. I was just Googling up on uh, Time did a thing of the most famous people that ever lived, the most influential. Again, yeah. it's always Jesus at the yeah. top of the list. And yeah. then you get uh, whoever, you know, mm -hmm. Einstein or Leonardo da Vinci or something. But he's always at the top of the list. He is center. He is the, he is the center of the Bible. And what he wants us to do is make him center of our lives. Yes. Mm. He's how much more, what more can God do? You right. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if you're interested or curious, I mean, I hope in the weeks to come, we can maybe explain this more clearly. There's enough evidence here that you have to say, look, there's something going on here. There's an old expression is none are so blind as those who refuse to see. Right. None are so blind. as So if, 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 I go out today, and you, you say, look at this beautiful day. Look at the sunshine. And, and I have my eyes firmly closed. Uh -huh. I would deny everything you said. I said, yeah. I don't see the trees. Right. I don't see the sun. And, but until I would open my eyes just a little bit and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, the, people must come to this with right. an open mind. Right. You say, and open their eyes just a little bit. Right. And number two, many people come to the scripture or Christianity in general with the idea they're looking for evidence not to believe. Mm. They're looking for reasons not, not to believe. believe. And that's why it says in John chapter hmm. 3, many did not believe because yes. they loved their works of darkness. Yeah. Hmm. So it wasn't an intellectual problem. It's a moral problem. Yes. It, you know, so th this also, you know, just from my perspective now, John, we've been doing this a few years together, and, and you've been my mentor. Uh, but before, the, the center in my life was me. Mm -hmm. And my business, my identity was different. What, and, and really the focus now, when you take a look even at Romans 8, 2, well, we can just read Romans 1 and 2. Therefore, mm -hmm. is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Right. So when I start to think about it, my core now is Christ. I'm centered on Christ. So regardless of what happens in the sinful world, the supernatural world, when you are centered on Christ, regardless of what happens in your life, you have a path forward. Exactly. If you lose your business, which has happened to me with the market crash, you're able to reinvent yourself because you've got a core foundation that is not from you, but from Christ. Right. And our identity is in Christ. That's when people say that the power of that allows you to move through life regardless of what hurdles you're going to have. And when I think of, you know, my son Tristan and Owen and these other kids starting off in college, you hear that a lot of them have left the church. Well, I think we had a stat of 75 to 80 percent. So I pray that that's not the case because you must have Christ in your life. If I was in college and had him, which I didn't, mm. I can't, I just wonder how my life would have been different. Sure. But we're on the path we are. Yeah, right. Now you bring There's up a good, a good point there yeah. because... He offers us that new life, you know, yeah. and he, he, Christianity is a reasonable faith. If, like anything in life, everybody has a worldview. Everybody right. has a certain sense of who they are in this world. Some mm -hmm. is based on a religion or a philosophy or their own kind of own yeah. thinking. But what Christianity offers us is an explanation. And that's why C.S. Lewis says, I believe in Jesus the same way I know that the sun came up this morning. Not only because yes. I see it, but by it I see everything else. Yeah. How things were created, what what is the attributes of God, what is my condition before God, what is salvation about, how can yeah. I receive the Holy Spirit, how do I pray, what's going to happen at the end of the age, what is this thing about angels, what about demons, all of this stuff 
is laid out when you hear, yeah. when you come to Christ. Right. I, he is the only answer for the world today. Yeah. He's the only answer. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's look at uh, Acts of the Apostles and see how this this prophecy is actually used by Peter in one of his famous uh, sermons uh, when he's he's preaching about Jesus. Uh, Acts of the Apostles, chapter three, verse eighteen. He says, "But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all His prophets that the Christ would suffer, this has been fulfilled." And then he says, "There." Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. And then he says, verse 21, Whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things, which God has spoken of by the mouth of his holy prophets. Verse 22, For Moses truly said, The Lord your God will raise up from you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things whatsoever he says. And it shall be that every soul who does not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed. From among the people, yeah. see he he what I call cut and paste. He yeah. takes that and he applies it here yeah. in in a very real way. Same thing happening in um, uh, uh, verse um, uh, on and on in the scripture where you see this uh, this idea that this is what God has proclaimed. If people want to receive it and believe it, there you have it. You know, it, yeah. it's a, it's a really uh, tight uh, kind of a prophecy. And again, many people don't want to look at it or think about it, um, but that's kind of what God has put before us, you know, yeah, and you're going to have to decide. You know, John, in the last few minutes, I, one of the other key similarities I, I wrote down um, is the fact that not only was Moses an intercessor for God's people, but like Jesus, he was willing to die for them. Mm -hmm. In Exodus 32, 32, Moses offers his life in exchange for the sinners, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends, Jesus said in John 15, 13. And Jesus proved his love when he laid down his life for us in 1 John 3, 16. So there's a real connection between those two. And the fulfillment of the prophecy is Christ had to, had to lay his life down for us. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And so we see that uh, when... when uh, another thing about Moses, if you look at Exodus chapter 11, this is when he goes to confront Pharaoh, Exodus chapter 9, verse 13. Um, he goes back into the land. He's, he's empowered by God now, and of course he's accompanied by his brother Aaron. But he says something very interesting right out of the gate, uh, chapter the, 9, verse 13. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus said the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they might serve me. See, that's critical. Yeah. Let my people yeah. go. Release them. And of course, Jesus opens his ministry by reading from Isaiah, which says he came to what? To proclaim yeah. liberty to the captives. Yeah. To pro it's a very tight connection oh, what gosh, these yeah. two individuals are oh, doing. Boy, yeah. And, and again, as you move through it, the one thing, of course, Moses will do is he'll do supernatural miracles. Mm -hmm. These, these you know, yeah. the sun turns dark mm -hmm. and there's locusts yeah. and the, and the uh, I find it the water and the blood too. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, there's that one. Yeah, he where turns Jesus turn water into to, wine, which yeah. is a type of right, joy exactly. or the coming kingdom. Uh -huh. So you see these yeah. kind of principles uh, going back and forth. Mm -hmm. But even his own brethren, yeah. Aaron and Miriam, at one time, they didn't they didn't really believe him. I mean, you look at Numbers chapter twelve. We're just staying back here for a moment. But Numbers chapter 12, in, in verse 1, it says, um, It says, And Miriam, 
and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Mm -hmm. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Have he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. So you see, they have doubts about him. Yeah. Well, oh, Jesus' own family. It will. It will say this in the scripture. In in uh, you're not a prophet in your own home. <laughs> no, that's true. But in John yeah. chapter um, seven, verse five, it yeah. says, "Neither did his brothers believe in him." Mm -hmm. It's actually repeated mm -hmm. several times. His yeah. own. They didn't believe in him. You know, mm -hmm. just like Moses. And then it says in the next verse in Numbers, "Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men." who are on the face of the earth. And what does it say about Jesus? It says, come unto me, yeah. all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. My burden is easy, you know, my, my load is light. You know, this idea, even Isaiah prophesies, he says when he comes, he will not crush a bruised reed. In other words, he's, he's, he's yeah. humble and soft. He will not quench a smoldering wick in a candle. He's, he, he comes gentle, he comes just like Moses. Moses is an extremely powerful man. Oh, he's yeah. doing these miracles. Well, of course, nobody's more powerful than Jesus. He calms a storm. He raises yeah. the dead. Yeah. Yeah. But yet in his, his attitude or his demeanor and reproach, especially with sinners, is, come on, let's reason together. Yeah. Come on. It's touching how these guys inter, you know, interlock and Moses reflects on the person of Jesus Christ. And again, if you look at when he get, receives the commandments, you know, he gets the two tablets. The first four commandments is man's relationship to God. I'm the Lord thy God. Thou yeah. shalt no strange guys before me. Thou shalt not use the name of the Lord thy God. And the bottom six is man's relationship to man. Well, when they say to Jesus, what's the greatest commandment of all? What does he say? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, heart soul, strength, right. and mind. And love your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Right. So he, he still has, the, so to speak, ten commandments. Because, but then he, what does he do? The motivating or the the engine that drives it is love. Again, that new covenant is interior love. It's not because we're going to get hammered or something, yeah. but we should. If we truly love our neighbor, we're not going to steal from our neighbor. Yeah. Mm. If we truly love our neighbor, I'm not going to bear false witness against right. my neighbor. Yeah. If I truly love my neighbor, I'm not going to kill my neighbor or hurt him. So it's generated by, whereas the, the Old Testament, the law was, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. You know, it's it more about, uh, almost like a negative connotation. Whereas love, I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I want yes. to. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a big... Mm -hmm. it, you understand yeah. this. It's just how yeah. it comes together. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And so um, so we continue on. You know, we're looking at these different um, shapes. And, and, and uh, what, what is interesting, too, of course, is Moses is going to lead the 12 tribes of Israel out. Okay? Yes. And, of course, Jesus in his ministry will have the 12 apostles. And Moses will lead them out. And not only that, but in Numbers, in chapter 11, we're told this is when he had a, he, he kind of had a distributed, he's having too much uh, trouble controlling everybody and deciding all these matters, people coming to him. And in verse 16, it says something very interesting. And the Lord said unto Moses, gather unto me 70 men <clears throat> and the, uh, of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take up the spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them, and they shall bear burden of the people with thee, that thou beareth it thyself 
thou beareth it not thyself alone. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So here you see he's going to appoint 70 and kind of delegate to them because uh, they, they're going to kind of represent him going out and making these decisions and everything else that's going on. But Jesus will do the same thing in, in um, Luke when he, it says in Luke chapter 10, when he gathers 70, it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So here we see set, Moses sends 70 representatives, represent yeah. go to the children of Israel. Here Jesus is seven, appointing 70 and sending them forth. Uh, again, it's not 60, it's not 100, it's not 10, it's literally 70. Uh, this connection, again, is very tight. Now, let's look. This is a very important one, is Exodus chapter 24. This is when he comes down, and he's establishing uh, the covenant with them. And he, he basically says to all the people, if you look at the 24 and um, verse 8, um, Basically, verse 7 says, He took the book of the covenant, and he read it, all the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. Then Moses, what does he do? Take he takes blood, blood yeah. sprinkled it on the people, and said what? This is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you according to these words. And what does Jesus say in Luke chapter 22, verse 20? This is the cup of the New, New covenant, covenant. Yeah. shed in my blood. Mm -hmm. You see the blood, the covenant mm -hmm. reference. Everything is very solid here yeah. going forward. Very solid. What was meant for Israel thousands of years ago, very specifically, is now meant for all people for all times. Why? Because the new covenant has come. Do you understand how, how, yeah. how intricate and high detail this is. Oh my God. And again, how yeah. can this be? I mean, we got so much going on here. We could actually pick this up next week because we're getting a little short on time. Yeah. But sure. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, and, and again, I have this, it has a faith strengthening component to this. When you see it, it's oh, like gosh, yeah. it's like if you were uh, selling a product or representing a firm or, a, you know, yeah. a certain service, the more you knew about that, let's say you're a car salesman, yeah. the more you know about that car, the more you know about the dealership, the more the more it's going to come across mm -hmm. that passion except because you know this is a good product you know it's not like you mm -hmm. read a little pamphlet about it you just know and you drive this kind of a car so too the more you know this scripture it interlocks proof systems man it's, it's it, it strengthens your own faith but it also makes it easier to share your faith with others yeah. you yes, know uh, uh, i gotta tell you I, I, w I was thinking this when you were talking you know, I'm an entrepreneur, and one of the hardest things mm -hmm. companies have is trying to get their salespeople to sell with conviction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. That's one of the hardest things yeah. that you have. You have to firmly believe in something. It has to emanate from your pores mm -hmm. to really be the best you can be, but you have to believe in it. You have to see that conviction, mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier to sell. Mm -hmm. Our main mission now is to create disciples, but look at the story we yeah. have to do that. Absolutely. So is... Is people that are trying to create disciples. That's right. He's made it easy for us yeah. to sell the, the masses. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better story to, to help unbelievers see the truth. Yeah. And, and so that, that to me, is really what, what this is all about. But How are we going to create disciples? We've yeah. got the script, David. We really yeah. do. But you know what, David? What yeah. you said was so powerful. But here's the difference. Your vision and your mission 
as an entrepreneur is different from that. As and you're you're an entrepreneur, you have vision, you have mission, and you're an, an employer. Your vision is totally different. Your psyche is totally different from an employee. Your goal is to create an inheritance, mm -hmm. leave something for your children, make sure that your family is in, 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 in good, you know, mm -hmm. an employee just want to do my nine to five, sure. make sure my, my make sure you yeah. give me my, my, my paper check mm -hmm. or make sure it's direct mm -hmm. deposited and then we're going to continue to do our thing. And it's the same way in the spirit. For those of us who want God and we want, yeah. we want to know his way, it's easy to feed. Mm -hmm. Those are the easiest yeah. members for pastors to have. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then you have those who want to do it their way, but still enjoy the blessings of God. And there's a and then there's always conflict in there because there's an sure. inner conflict. And yeah. then there's a whatever you internalize, you also carry that vibe. Mm -hmm. What should be simple, which is giving us the gospel, uh, yeah. we make it difficult. We do. When we yeah. can make it more simple. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just like your employee, you look for people to mentor, but they have to have that mindset. And, and they never even mm -hmm. know. Just like we never know what the Lord has in store for us. Mm -hmm. But if we keep our mindset, his mindset, there's so much stuff that we leave on the table yeah. because our mindset is mm. right. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's an excellent point. Yeah. And, and to extend what you said, Jen and I were talking in the car before we have to wrap up here, yeah. and we were talking about why people aren't going to church and the fact that mm -hmm. why wouldn't you want a hedge of protection mm -hmm. around right. you mm -hmm. when you go out there, man? Mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's Absolutely. brutal, Absolutely. And, and you got to deal with the supernatural. You yeah. need to be. The, the reason this is important to be centered on Christ is he's telling you, I'm speaking the truth. You can trust me if you come into my yeah, shelter. Absolutely. Right. Th that's what it says to me. Yeah. And so yeah. he's given us the story so we can believe it. That's what I was trying to express yeah. as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I I'm buying into it yeah. fully. And I know regardless of what happens to me and people around me, if you're centered on that, mm -hmm. you can move forward with strength. Mm-hmm. We can. Yep. David, before yep. we close, would you make the announcement? I know there's a big event coming up next Saturday. Yes. Uh, so uh, the Revival for Survival event uh, is an event. We had Nico Hill on here last week, and he's going to be uh, there. Uh, it's also a memorial for Michael George. It's Saturday, August 31st at Crusher Stadium. So that's Saturday, August 31st from 5 to 10 p.m. Uh, the governor will be there as well. Uh, this event will be an uh, inspiration to many as it will seek to minister to families and their family members battling all kinds of addictions. Mm -hmm. and, and it is free. Everything, yeah. parking so, is I mean, free and everything yeah, is free. It, you have to look it up online and you can see if you need a ride, there's buses, there's all kinds of things set up to get people there, even if you're in a wheelchair. And that so, Crusher yeah, Stadium, of course, right. is in Lorain, Ohio. Right. And is that the website? Is the title of that? Is uh, yeah. I actually, if I think if you just pull up survival, revival for survival event and at Crusher the, Stadium. I found Go ahead. The, Go ahead, Wanda. I found the commercial. So as soon as we wrap up, I'll play. Oh, great! Thank you. Thank you. On that cue, Wanda, let's wrap up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, we and, uh, that. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> we pray you guys have a great week. Have a great week. And again, yes. tune in next week. We're going to stay with these themes. Maybe not Moses, but. The whole thing of Jesus in the Old Testament, it is really an exciting kind of a journey 
uh, going through this. And we don't study it that much today, but the old-time theologians and Bible scholars used to call these treasures hidden in plain uh, sight. Yeah. Treasures hidden in plain sight. They're there for us. And once you start going through Exodus and Psalms and all these things and seeing Christ in there, Jesus said, search the scripture. It's worth the search. You know, yeah. it really will strengthen yeah. your faith. Right. And, 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 so thank you again, Wanda. You're very welcome. For handling Thanks, all the Wanda. controls. Absolutely. Thank you, David. Good being here with all and of you. Tristan, have a great weekend. Get some rest. Go yeah. study. God bless you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye-bye. Be careful out there and be <laughs> yeah. safe. Be Take safe. care. Take care. God bless.